Hey there guys this is Amish Parmar over here and this is Rohan this side and let's get this episode started Are you recording? Yes we are recording and this time I am going to keep this part are we recording because I don't know why you have started asking that Just to confirm whether we are recording or not. <laughs> of course, of course, I am recording. <laughs> okay. Namaskar. This time I said it first. Namaskar, namaskar. Yes, how are you? How is it going? All good. Lovely, lovely. So, what date is it today? 4th of October, right? We are recording on a weekday because apparently it's very difficult to find weekends to record. And finally... we have a holiday tomorrow both of us so today is a good time to record you have started becoming busy on weekends these days no last couple of weekends i had my exams so i am pursuing bachelor's in library and information science from indira gandhi national open university and those were like 10 days back to back exams with no gap apart from a sunday so i couldn't afford the luxury of spending few hours on recording while i could study and get some at least passing marks in the exams why do you want to study for an exam on how to be a librarian nice good question so <laughs> i applied for this course back in the lockdown and i was sort of always curious what do librarians do and i love reading books and i always uh, you know envied that a librarian has all the books in the library and he can access and read them anytime he wants he doesn't have to do anything all he does is just issue books to the customers or to the users that come into the library and he doesn't do anything else but i was very badly mistaken that is like just 2% of his job and a librarian has to do 100 different things so and i came to realize that after i Uh, studied this course so it's quite interesting what sort of services a librarian or and a library can offer and it, it was just interesting very interesting so that's why i wanted to pursue this course and i don't think so it is going to make a huge difference in my academic qualifications and stuff but why do you why do you study why do you learn something just because it's it's, it's fun to do just because it interests you and not because you are going to get a degree and it's going to help you in your career Okay, I have two questions. I'll shoot you the mm. first one. You said issuing books to the users of the library is just the tip of the iceberg. There are hundred other things that the librarian does. So tell us mm. top five things that the librarian does. And what do you mean by top five? Like top five according to me, or top the according most five important things? Yeah, either the most important or the amount of time that the librarian spends the most time mm-hmm. on oh okay so i think if i decide to pursue a masters in library science this would be a sort of viva that i could expect from my professor but fair enough so one of the things i really like so there are like seven eight subjects in the whole curriculum they are all mostly interrelated but one of them is uh, developing a classification scheme so classification i am i'm sure a basic idea everyone knows that classification is just organizing things in an uh, putting up things in an arranged manner so that it's easy to get them easy to retrieve them 
sort of things like i'm very sure everyone will be aware of this biological classifications into different kingdoms different species and stuff like that so similarly books also classified and there are different classification systems the most popular one is the dewey decimal classification system which uses a set of numbers to assign a number to the book right so that is what i find really interesting that is one thing a librarian does what he does is whenever a new books come to the comes to the library a librarian has to sort of skim through the book browse through the book and assign a classification number to it so that takes some amount of time another thing is a librarian can also develop a whole new classification scheme that's so there are a specialized person called classificationist who does that but that's not a job of average librarian so classification uh, assigning class class numbers is one thing then preparing catalogs so after you are done assigning class number you have to prepare a catalog a catalog card for that book which users access then i think so, the most amount of time go ahead so when you say classification what kind of classification are you talking about is it just is hmm. it a horror book is it a thriller book so on and so forth or is it alphabetical or it's a mix of bunch of things correct so the whole knowledge whole knowledge everything there is to learn and study is divided in, especially in uh, dewey decimal classification system is divided into 10 different classes 10 different classes i don't remember all of them but some of them are literature then science there is philosophy then there is i don't remember all of those so there are 10 different main classes then each of those 10 are divided into 10 more So, for example, science. Me, there would be physics, chemistry, maths, biological sciences, geological sciences, ESA. So that becomes hundred subclasses, and then each of those hundred subclasses are divided into ten more sub subclasses. So total, there are like thousand divisions, right? So that Melville Dewey is the person who came up with this classification scheme. He has sort of made the whole knowledge into this thousand different classes. So any any book you pick up, any book at all. will belong to one of these thousand classes so that's how you assign things assign numbers so there would be a book which for example there is a book called uh, science in ancient india and there there is a book called science in ancient america something like that so here the whole topic of the book is same but or what separates them is their physical uh, region of that book or they are divided by their physical space they cover then there are sub books which only cater to a particular time period so uh, for example wheat cultivation in india in the 20th 20th century something like that so there is a time stamp it will only cater cater to 20th century so then then those are additional constraints that you need to put in the class numbers to signify ki okay this book has knowledge only for this particular region or this particular time period something like that mm. this honestly speaking sounds like a skill that would have been essential 40 50 years back but seems redundant in today's day and age first of all i just expect these days mm-hmm. whoever is writing the book to know mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. the classification yes. is and then publish it on the cover on the first page or the second page um, and secondly that's what happens yeah yeah and secondly i feel like this was important for the time when i if i need some information i go to the library so library was basically the brains of the society so all the mm. knowledge of the society is concentrated in that library and if i want to say for example find uh, how the stock market works so i'll have to go to the mm. library and then figure out where can i find a book on stock markets but in today's dns if i just search 
10 greatest book on stock market i'll have a list of 100 books so so it feels hmm. a little redundant in today's age and time hmm correct if you search for books on stock market they would have conducted a lot of research in publishing that particular book and that research comes from research papers which are written by economists and market strategists and stuff like that right and that research paper is what comes under primary source of information so primary source is a source of information which is very new it doesn't depend on any anything else right mm. so research papers are primary source of information because people research to print to get those out and you and i are not the people who access directly primary sources we mm. we rely on secondary and tertiary sources like we said right but mm. what and how did that the person who wrote the book how did that person access all those uh, research papers is via library so now it's true that we you and i as regular users do not have to access libraries but the people who conduct research its library is like their temple they cannot they cannot live without it so but in today's day and age hmm. i also feel many of the research journals are just published online correct, i know a correct. few journals which are online only yes that's true the only situation in which i feel like a library would become essential is when your primary sources are something like transcripts between say two kings in the 18th century or 17th century or something so there mm-hmm. i don't feel like there will be a transcribed online library which exists so if i want to see for instance what letter did say for example aranade write to gandhi at some point of time so i will have to mm. go and see the actual letter which might be preserved in one of such libraries Hmm. Uh, I remember hmm. listening to a podcast by the seen and the unseen, in which he was interviewing Manu Pillai, who was a great history writer of today's day, and he said that most of his time is spent into libraries because he is looking at all of these primary sources to make a narrative out of it. Yeah, so few things I would like to add to this. So yeah, archivist. You mean archivist? So archivist are people who archive. Uh, important scientific and cultural resources they need not be just documentary they could be non documentary like a music tape or something like that which are which are not in the form of books right so an archivist is a special sort of librarian so yeah that those are very important other thing is you said that research papers right so access to research papers is very expensive so you and i cannot access a research paper directly because we cannot afford it and these generally come out in form of journals and uh, you know periodicals every month or every 3 months they bring out the latest research so a library has to and even a single library cannot afford the charges that they have to pay which are mostly in 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 hundreds of dollars so what the librarians do libraries do is they come together they form a sort of a consortia is a a group of libraries coming together to access these expensive resources so if you are a part of library then you can access those resources for free or for nominal charge and another thing is see uh, you and i can speak only a few languages but research is uh, conducted by big countries like russia germany japan and they write their research paper in their own language so we also need people 
who translate those important information which uh, which they have conducted in english so that is also a special part of a librarian and to they collate all these data and then they add it to the journals and we can access those journals so that's also what people specialized librarians do like i was saying the most amount of time i think i would say somewhere around 30 to 40% of a librarian's time goes into what is called a shelving so you might have visited a library and there might have been boards or notices which said do not shelve the books keep it on the table something like that so that what that means is because whenever we as users we we go to a library we, we tend to browse right there are a lot of books out there we pick one which sort of interests us we browse through it and see if it has some information we want or see if it's interesting if it's not we keep it back there but what might happen is we might keep it at the wrong place the books are arranged according to the classification system right so when a user actually needs that book they might not be able to find it because you placed it wrongly so whenever someone accesses books they are advised to keep it on the table somewhere when you issue books and when you return books you are advised to keep it there so mostly they librarians tend to just put the books at their proper places and that takes quite some time of their work i think it it might get boring but i have never done it so i am sort of excited and hopefully maybe we'll get a chance to do it sometime i find it exciting yeah and there are a lot of other things which librarians do let's not make this episode about <laughs> special library science episode let's dive into some more interesting topics for our listeners now uh, we not being able to record on weekends since last two weekends is justified right <laughs> okay so what have we have today this is a quick one okay so this was a post on instagram which says trauma responses according to your personality type so it is basically a graph with four quadrants i'll just hmm. read out four quadrants and then i would like you to identify which quadrant do you fit in i feel like hmm. i am a mix of you don't say all quadrants. you don't say that okay ha okay yeah. okay so it's not one particular quadrant that i feel highly align to but a mix of all based on the situations let's see whether you feel you are aligned to one particular trauma response hmm so the first one is flight flight may they have given examples like workaholic overthinker anxiety panic difficult sitting still perfectionist so whenever there is something difficult going on you go to these things next is fight so in fight you have explosive behavior controlling you become the bully you become narcissistic you have anger outbursts the third one is freeze freeze is difficulty making decisions feeling stuck dissociation and isolation the last one is friend where you do trauma bonding you have prolonged or infant trauma you try to engage socially and you also have stockholm syndrome do you remember what stockholm syndrome is uh stockholm syndrome uh, i think is it is it the feeling of feeling incompetent something something like that right no so stockholm syndrome is basically the movie i think highway where the hostage 
forms a bond with the person who has kidnapped them that's the stockholm hmm. syndrome okay okay yeah so out of these four fight flight freeze friend what do you think will you i think place? i do not i do not belong to the first and third which is fight and freeze somewhere hmm. between friend and uh, the second one the fight one i don't know yeah i think it depends on what sort of trauma are you talking about right? like i think if it's a specific trauma i could give you an example but as a generally you cannot say i will never fight or i'll never freeze something like that yeah don't you think Fair. like it's I similar feel, to what you have to say ha huh? hence i said that i feel like i do all of them based on the situation i feel like flight me there is workaholic and overthinking so i might become workaholic and i feel like that that's my go to response like if life is becoming tough you put all your energy into work and you feel better about it i don't overthink i don't have anxiety or panic uh, i sometimes try to become a perfectionist when i am under pressure fight also i do sometimes when it's external stranger situation someone has insulted me someone has questioned my authority ego something of that sort that's when i go to fight i feel like i'll never do freeze i'm always in the capacity to make decisions i'm never feeling stuck um so that's not a response and friend also i occasionally i feel the need to socialize because i'm undergoing some trauma hmm even i even i think i'll hardly i don't agree with the first quadrant which was fight right flight yeah being a workaholic thinking oh ah, no uh, that thinking that's uh, never i think so that's that's a totally no no for me i am never a workaholic and and uh, the the part where i become undecisive and stuff like that freeze right i don't think so that also applies yeah. for me because i tend to make very i make wrong decisions but i never make no decision so mm. that's also not for me i think yeah friend is something hmm yeah friend sounds like me but it's not very easy matlab pata nahi aisa to go to a friend and share your traumas it's not that easy right go to anyone and share it's your traumas it's not it's not telling you to share your traumas with your friend just saying that you'll socialize a lot hmm i think yeah i would do that i would do that to run away from the problems so what 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 did you find interesting about this image i just thought it would be interesting to understand what each other feel aligned hmm. to that's all okay yeah the, the workaholic thing comes out very naturally from you so if you <laughs> would have you given mean? me options and if you would have given me okay these are the four options who do you think you are i would have said yeah you are a workaholic i feel like this is also a side effect of working in the social sector where you feel like okay some trauma has come mm. up something is not going right so what can i do which is going to give me happiness whatever input i give in this particular place it's always going to have positive impact and i feel like for people in social sector it's their work so i know that if i put in extra effort to make the lesson plan it will be a better lesson if i put extra effort to say for example 
plan this school team meeting for my school it will be a better school and i'll impact more children in a positive way so it's very easy to become a workaholic for us i feel like yeah 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 it makes sense like you you'll definitely get rewards for working hard in this sector so i feel the rewards are also well given in for profit but i feel like when things are not going well you're also looking for meaning right you feel like okay this relationship had no meaning say for example after a breakup or someone who was very near and dear to you passed away and you feel like what's the point of this life anyway so i feel like when you're hit by trauma you start questioning the meaning of life and you start finding purpose in everything you do because you're not seeing any purpose and that's where work is an easy answer for people in social sector and this is true for people who are employed in the sector they want to be in they are doing what they want to do when not everyone is lucky enough to do that right and not everyone is even lucky enough to know what they want to do some people like me are extremely unlucky because they don't know what they want to do in life so yeah that's sad for them so that's why workaholic is never an option for me because i don't know what i need to work on so as to be away from the trauma fair fair okay cool what else oh, i don't i don't know why i am always equipped No I I have a topic I have a lot of to- topic I have a lot of topics but if you have some related something related we could take that aisa bol raha hu I have a lot of topics baba I have one related thing to this So I've always believed in communicating verbally correct if you want something you say hmm. that you want it and then we correct. can say whether we are up for it or not and I've always detested the expectation that someone will understand me without me saying it or some people expecting me to understand them without they telling it to me i feel like we human beings because we have a good vocabulary in place we should just use that vocabulary to say it out loud whatever we need whatever we want and talk it out so i've always believed this for myself and I always wanted relationships where you just say things out loud honestly genuinely wholeheartedly however i've started questioning that to some extent now because sometimes like say for example when you're ill when you're tired you just want someone to understand what you want without you saying one year back if you asked me if that's an okay expectation is it okay to want someone to understand you without you telling them that you want it to happen i feel like that's expecting too much but in experience what i've seen is sometimes you just don't have the bandwidth and this bandwidth could be physical physical is very easy to understand right so for example if my throat is in a lot of pain you can't tell me ki hey when you should have just told me that you want water i would have given it to you physical is quite easy to understand but sometimes mentally emotionally you're not in a space where you can ask for help and say clearly hey this is what i need this is what i want you to do that's where it becomes difficult and that's where if some people have a natural gift for this when they can just understand that this is something that this person would want at this point and they just are there for you 
So, there's something that I've realized recently. And I just wanted to share this. I just wanted to understand where are you on this spectrum. Where one side is you be extremely robotic and say whatever you ask, whatever you want, whatever you need, you communicate it clearly, nothing in between. Uh, the other extreme would be, I will not tell you anything. You should just magically come to know that I wanted to talk to you today evening. You should just magically come to know that I want you to come visit me in Pune. Uh, that would be the other extreme. Obviously, the sweet spot lies somewhere in between. But I always felt like I would want a life where majority of my relationships operate where we just speak out what we want and need. And that's slowly shifting now. So where are you on the spectrum and what are your thoughts around it? Hmm. I think, see, being able to understand what the other person wants or needs without communicating it explicitly, verbally, depends on how close you are to that person. Also, I think this is a double-edged sword because the disadvantages of this form of non-verbal implicit communication is you could go wrong, right? You could always go wrong. I thought you would li- you would have liked that or I thought this would have made you feel better, but it didn't. You can go wrong and then the situation can, you know, get to worse from bad, right? So, yeah. but I think if a person truly knows you, they might understand that this is not what he, what he would have liked or something. But I think yeah, it's, it's good to find the sweet spot between the two where mostly you are communicating stuff verbally, but when you are in emotional state where you are not able to, where you are in an emotional high or something, be it positive or negative, the other person understands and adjusts their actions accordingly. So I think I think you might have experienced such cases since you are beginning to think about it, right? You might have experienced something like this happening to you. Yep. Where you yep. emotionally needed someone to be there or something and you didn't say it, but that person was there and that made you feel better. But mm-hmm. I think there is a sort of fallacy that comes in here, which is that we always tend to remember the positives and not the negatives. In real life, it's the other way around. There's a proper name to it, I don't remember, which says that you always remember the negatives rather than the positives. But in this scenario, I think it's the other way around. Do you think, do you remember anything or any scenario where that other person did something which you didn't communicate and they thought that it would have been better, make you feel better, but it didn't? So, as a scenario, do you remember? I don't remember any such scenario. Or, oh yeah, I remember one. Now I remember one. I do. Yeah, so, okay, if it's too personal to share, is it too personal to share? No, I think I can share it. I feel like the Hmm. person involved does not listen to my podcast anyway. And secondly, I can just (laughs) share it without naming that person. So I think we are good to go. Go ahead, tell so me. This, oh, actually, now that I think over it, it's a recurring thing. So, everyone... <laughs> <laughs> what I mean by that is, everyone knows that I hate birthdays because there's just so many expectations, norms, traditions, culture around birthdays. So, I remember one time where I don't like to spend a lot of time not sleeping. Even now, it's what? Close to... 
midnight and i am feeling very very cranky while recording this podcast because i want to sleep right away so birthdays in my head is one of that day where if you really truly love me you would do something that would make me feel happy right so that is the expectation i have of the world and then because you want to celebrate my birthday you will come home at 12 o'clock with a cake and then you will expect me to be happy and jolly about the fact that a cake is being cut and then you would expect me to have small talk with you because you have come so far away so on and so forth so that's one example i remember and when i remembered that example it immediately struck me that when i was doing my masters a similar thing occurred where um everyone was celebrating my birthday but the way they were the way birthday was celebrated in hostel is not the kindest for males so they will hit you they will put cake on you they will put detergent in you so on and so forth i don't feel like that's an idea of celebration in my head at least so yeah birthday is a prime example where uh, it's worked out the other way around i i wonder if it if they're doing it from the point of view ki he will feel better or whether it's something that i want to do for this person on his day which i feel logically does not make sense if it is my day i will decide what i want and not anyone else so yeah birthdays is a big one where this is played not in the intended way that it was expected to yeah this is not what i was expecting what i was expecting is i think birthdays is very casual like oh oh to pata hi hai ki this day of the year aane wala hai and then you sort of now have an expectation ki chal there is a very high possibility that any one of your friends or your colleagues could come up and wish you at 12 o'clock so sort of you are expecting that but something where you are not in a emotionally good state maybe you had a bad day or something and then a person close to you did something which they thought would have make you feel better but it didn't but okay let's not get to the, i think <laughs> uh, <laughs> like always let's digress a bit and talk a bit about birthdays so you and i have the experience of celebrating birthdays in hostels and it's it's not a pleasant experience yeah that's true but you have the right to say that that that's not how you want a birthday to be celebrated only and only if you are not the one who does all the mischiefs to others is that so yeah i never participated in these kind of celebrations of birthdays never never no no i used to do that i used to do all these things uh, hit people and celebrate it in a weird way so yeah i was it's like the karma is going to come back around to you on on your birthday so i was fine with it and there are some people in this world who do things for others hoping that it would make them happy but mostly because it makes themselves happy right there are people mm-hmm. like that there's this quote that's very powerful it says you got to love people the way they want to be loved which is very very difficult so say for example my love for a friend would be meeting them every day whereas that's not what their idea of love is in a friendship their idea of love in a friendship is when they need the most their friend is there for them but when this friend needs me i was busy so although in your head you are loving this friend a lot by being there every day but in the yeah. other person's head you're not a great friend because you're not there when that person needs you the most 
एंड आई फील लाइक अज परस्पेक्टिव शिफ्ट दैट केम इन टू माई लाइफ विद रिस्पेक्ट टू रिलेशनशिप्स वॉज फ्रॉम दिस कोर्ट दैट आई नीड टू कंसिडर हाउ दी अदर पर्सन वॉन्ट्स टू बी लव एंड डिलीवर ऑन दैट rather than just sticking to my idea of this how i would have loved so there's also this quote which says the opposite thing treat others the way you would like to be treated i feel like that's a problematic quote i don't think you should treat others the way you want to be treated because how people want to be treated can be different so you should treat them the way they want to be treated hmm yeah fair enough english is a funny language it has such quotes which have totally opposite meanings right i feel like the intention was different with the quote of hmm. um treat others the way you would like to be treated meaning yeah. if you wouldn't want it for yourself why would others want to would would be okay with it so the meaning was different hmm. it's very easy to confuse that with love hmm. like you can't transpose that thinking to love correct correct yeah so हाँ so what I meant is coming back to what I said ये तो regular हो गया but maybe is there some other example about you being not in a good emotional state not communicating explicitly what you want but a friend does something some sort of gesture or some something which hoping that it would make you feel better but it didn't ऐसा भी हो सकता है maybe you won't remember because I am also trying to think मुझे भी ऐसा कुछ याद नहीं आ रहा है so there are times where you are not in the mood i don't for some for some reason this happens to me quite often that i'm just not in the mood i don't i'm not able to particularly pinpoint why i'm not in the mood but i'm not in the mood i'm a very jolly person talkative person always making fun always making jokes and stuff like that and suddenly i become quiet so the people around me they they get worried ki kya ho gaya what happened achanak se so they come and ask you kya ho gaya kya ho gaya and, and then i try to tell them i don't know mujhe kya ho gaya just just leave me alone that would make me feel better i'm explicitly saying that but still they don't understand so aise situations mein it becomes very tricky right like even after mentioning they sort of feel concerned and they are doing it out of concern that they do stuff to make me feel better but at this moment of time i just want to be left alone as simple as that to aisa ye to explicit ho gaya implicit mein bhi aisa situations aa sakta hai na waisa puch raha hu correct so this is and altogether a different case because you're explicitly saying what you want na we are discussing a mm-hmm. case where you're not saying what mm-hmm. you want and you just want the other Correct. person to understand Correct. that Haan, you would want or not want something hmm so there's few things to consider first thing to consider would be because you're not explicitly communicating what you want you can't really blame the other person so say for example i come home and my flatmate says uh, insists on going for a movie but i have not told that person that i've had a bad day at work now because i've not already communicated that i had a bad day at work and i don't feel like it i'm i'm feeling low you can't really blame that person for insisting you for a movie because that's what friends do if they want to watch a movie with you they will insist so that's the first thing to consider second thing to consider would be you tell them what you're feeling okay कि हे आई हैड रफ डे वेरी बैड डे एट वर्क फीलिंग एक्सट्रीमली लो फीलिंग डिप्रेस्ड दैट्स ऑल यू टेल यू डोंट टेल व्हाट डू यू वांट और व्हाट यू डोंट वांट और जस्ट टेल दैट यू हैड अ रफ डे इन दैट केस से फॉर एग्जांपल दे ब्रिंग अ केक फॉर यू एंड यू आर नॉट इन द मूड टू हैव अ केक इन सच केसेस आई एम गोइंग टू हैव द केक एनीवे एंड जस्ट फील ग्लैड अबाउट द एफर्ट दैट वाज पुट इन 
it did not make me the happiest person maybe i hate cakes but i will appreciate the gesture a lot i will appreciate the effort a lot even though it does not mean a lot to me and lastly i feel like if you just tell them what you want or what you don't want then so you have communicated already now you are thinking about a case where you don't want to communicate what you want or you don't want you just want the other person to understand say for example you tell them you are not feeling well and you just want them to come and sleep over with you because you feel al- sleeping alone in fever is quite sad thing or you know that you've had a bad day and you just want that friend to call you up and ask you to come for a walk so we are discussing those cases so even if it makes me do something that i dislike i feel like i'll do that anyway but appreciate the gesture and effort mm-hmm. yeah i i get it i get it but i think it's always better to explicitly say it out loud kyunki miscommunications can happen and yeah I, there, there's no yeah, debate around it better. like huh. i'm not saying yeah this is better it's always better to say it out loud it's just that sometimes you may not have the ability say for example you're feeling something at work happened which really blew away your self esteem and self confidence and you're feeling quite lonely now now when you're feeling lonely asking someone hey can you please come and meet me that can be risky because what if the other person says no and then you feel even worse or just it just it takes a lot of effort for you to ask someone to come and meet you because you're already feeling low on self esteem like will this person be wanting to come and meet you that is a question that might arise in your mind so cases like these when it's a little difficult to just be explicit about what do you want uh sometimes aisa bhi ho sakta hai ki i don't know like people who you who are close to you uske sath to aisa nahi hoga but then if you always be there for a person whenever they need you they can end up taking you for granted right oh in my adult life i've just like <laughs> this part has stop crossing my mind i don't look at relationships that way now and i've also been lucky that people in my life i don't need to think about them in this way that they might start taking me for granted um, i've always thought about relationships like a plant like the more you water them the better nurturing they get the more they bloom yeah that is that is correct but i don't like one person always gets more out of the relationship than the others right and then i i don't I, i think i'm looking at it, it in a very pessimistic way maybe i don't so know. i've stopped believing in equal effort i don't hmm. feel so as you said right it's just quite impossible technically to be a 50 50% partner with respect to efforts in any relationship the way i look at relationship is is that person a net positive in my life that's all um there will be days when you're putting more effort there will be days when the other person is putting more effort there might be all, all days so far where you have put more efforts and the other person has not but that's not something that i consider when i am evaluating the relationship while evaluating i only think is this person a net positive in my life and as long as that's a yes 
the efforts don't matter okay cool cool hello dear listeners thanks a lot for sticking till the end i hope you enjoyed this episode as well as all our episodes which are out there and since it's diwali i and rohan would like to wish you your family your loved ones each and every one of them a very very happy diwali and a prosperous new year i hope you achieve your dreams you achieve your goals and you enjoy you stay healthy have fun and also keep listening to our podcast and if possible if you like it share it with others as well thank you and as always happy listening